Motorsport 411 presents all the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411 with Sean Cardavillis. Welcome to Motorsport 411, your home for all your four and two-wheel action in Africa. Coming up in this episode, Formula One is firmly in the spotlight as Max Verstappen won his second driver's title over the weekend. We speak to the first Kenyan lady to be a marshal at a Formula One event in Singapore, one boy Keiru. And we find out all about the Formula One paddock experience with founder and team principal Mbalo Macau. All the four and two wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome to the show. Now, Wamboy Keru created history by becoming the first Kenyan woman to be a marshal at a Formula One event, the Singapore Grand Prix. Wamboy, uh, thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. Uh, congratulations, uh, you made it to Singapore as a volunteer, as a marshal. Uh, just explain how that happened. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, what happened is uh, we got a link from the FIA Women in Motorsport um, Federation. We got a link, uh, an application link that was sent to us by the deputy uh, chair lady who is Tuta Mionki. She sent the link to all of us women in motorsport and uh, we were free to apply. So a couple of us applied and then uh, we were shortlisted and um, I got shortlisted and um, I got uh, the required paperwork that I needed from my ASN, which is KMSF, through Moran Juguna, and that's how I made my way to Singapore. Just tell us about your background in motorsport. Uh, my background, I started motorsport in 2011 as a volunteer marshal in the Safari Rally. Um, I did that for like two years. I moved to time control, um, and then I, I worked at Kenya Motorsport Federation for like two and a half years. Then I left. Then I came back again as a volunteer, as a secretary of stewards. And I've done that till to date. I'm now the assistant secretary of stewards to the WRC Safari Rally. And I'm also the secretary of stewards to the ARC, both in Kenya and uh, Rwanda. I've done that for like around six years. I've also been a competitor relation officer. And um, I've also been... Um, a time control marshal. Very, very impressive. Now, it's quite a change uh, from rallying to Formula One. Uh, that must have been uh, quite a wake-up call. Totally. It was quite a wake-up call. Uh, the fields are totally different. Uh, what is marshalling here is totally different from there because here we get, to have, we get to have a lot of breaks, you know, because the cars run at a three-minute interval. And for a circuit race, of course, every car is running at the same time. They're long hours. We stand for so, so long, up to eight to nine hours a day. And uh, you can't leave your posts. And you have to be on, uh, on high alert because red flags, yellow flags, blue flags happen all the time. So, um, and the weather was quite, quite a challenge. Even the Singaporeans themselves were saying this year was quite a challenge. So it was really, really humid and you're in your overall. Um, however, the experience is amazing the synchrony the synergy of the teams was amazing so it was a good experience and worth it all just tell us what your job was exactly in singapore okay so i was there for the practice um, both practice days and quality and the race and the race day so on practice one i was a flag marshal on practice two i was on the radio comps 
meaning I was attached to the rice control. They relayed information through me and they relayed to the flaggy. On um, Kuali, I was a flag marshal and a trekkie, meaning uh, when you train, you're the one sweeping the water. In the debris, you're the one um, clearing it off. And on the race day, I was a flag marshal. Now, the weather was quite a challenge. Uh, we were watching it on TV here. And with the rain and the humidity, how did you cope? A lot, lots, lots of hydration. Um, the organizers were very kind to us. They made sure we had lots and lots of water and electrolyte drinks. And um, yeah, that's what we just had to do. Just keep hydrated. We had raincoats when it was raining because you're not allowed to leave your spot. So whether it's raining, you're, st you're stuck there. Um, luckily, even if it's raining, it was still humid, so you kind of dry up quickly. Uh, but it was quite a challenge because the overalls themselves are hot and uh, you can't remove them at any point. So you're stuck with them till the end of uh, race, um, which was like at 10 p.m. in the night. So um, it was brutal, but uh, the water helped a lot. Just kept sipping and just hydrating. Now, Wambui, uh, Formula One is seen as the pinnacle of motorsport. Uh, how strict is it, the, you know, in terms of the rules, uh, what you have to adhere to? How strict is it uh, compared to the WRC? Yes, Sean, you're right. It's the pinnacle of motorsport and the rules are, of course, adhered to a T. Whether you're a competitor, whether you're a volunteer, we had our schedule. They have this book, they call it Minute by Minute Book. Basically, it explains everything that you're supposed to do by the minute. Like it's 10, I'm talking to Sean, it's 10.15, I need to do this, it's 10.20, like that. So you know what you're supposed to do at every given time. So that helps. And um, we all, of course, time in motorsport, you know, is, is um, you have to be, you have to adhere to it. And um, they made it easy for us because, you know, they had a good arrangement, which is where you're supposed to be, there is transport. Um, if it's your role, if you're a flag marshal, you're working from this time to this time. If you feel tired, though, uh, because some people could not handle it, you could ask for help. They are, we, we had been taught about sign languages, so you could, because it gets so, so loud on the track. At times when you talk, someone can't hear you, so you just show by the sign language that you need help, and someone else comes and steps in. So there was so much alertness, and um, it worked fine. But um, yes, it's a different ball game from WRC in terms of strictness. And just to note, Singapore is one of the strictest F1 GP that we have in the calendar. So that was also something amazing to experience. Now your experience on the track and in general, how different is it uh, to watching it on TV? It's like day and night. <laughs> and the TV, uh, probably half the time we are just shouting at you know people that you support but as a marshal definitely you're neutral uh you don't show support to any driver we are not even allowed to take photos with them or or um, autographs so you're, you're there as a neutral person um the cars are quite fast you know at times like the blue flag you don't even realize what car is coming towards you that's where the risk control comes in they help you they tell you stand by there's a car coming and you need to blue flag it because it's too fast so what you see on TV is totally different. Where the sector that you are in, you can't quite see what is happening in other sectors and, unless you go back and watch the race. So at times there'll be an accident happening in sector 10 and you're in sector 20. You really don't know what's happening. So it was quite a different experience from TV because TV you see everything. But here you just see what's happening in your own sector. Then you, at the end of the day, you just know here, oh, at my sector this is what happened, at my sector this is what happened. 
but um, at that particular point when you're working, you're just you're just concerned about the sector that you are in. So it's quite different. From your personal point of view, uh, did you get to meet your stars, uh, the Formula One stars? I saw them passing. At least we were there for the parade lap. We were on the track. So yes, you see you all the drivers. Um, at that point, you were allowed. I had my Kenyan flag. Um, but one-on-one, uh, -on -one, it was not allowed. But yes, we saw all the drivers. So all of us got a chance to see all our stars. But, you know, there's nothing but you can't like have a conversation or anything. <laughs> Those are the rules. Uh, your favorite driver? Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> a Mercedes person, huh? Yes. All right. Uh, Formula One, it uh, looks like it's going to South Africa in 2024. Uh, your thoughts? Uh it will be an amazing opportunity because like Singapore was quite far, you know, because you came from all over the world. Uh, actually, just to note, I was the last girl to arrive in Singapore. I think the timings, I arrived on Thursday at 2 a.m. and I was on the track on Thursday at 8 a.m. I barely slept. Um, so it's far, you know, depending on where you're coming from. So the F1 coming to South Africa, it will be also a good opportunity to have such exchange programs regionally meaning like people from Africa, we can go to South Africa because it's near Iraq or maybe Abu Dhabi. And then people from Europe can go, you know, to like Silverstone, the US, they can do the Miami and Las Vegas. So it's, it's good that we'll have, be having an African race, meaning that uh, many of us can get the chance to volunteer as marshals. So I think it's quite a brilliant, brilliant idea. Now, there are many uh, Formula One groups. It just looks like Formula One has exploded in popularity over the last few years. Mm -hmm. uh, your experience mm -hmm. with the uh, paddock experience? Yes, paddock experience. Um, amazing. There's a, a brilliant uh, group of people who we are all passionate about Formula One. Um, the team principal, Mbalu Macau, usually hosts watch parties every race day some are out of town some are within town and it's always a vibrant experience just to meet and be with people who you share the same passion with and just to note they really really supported my travel and they were with me they cheered me on they will always check on me it was just amazing to feel like i had a bit of home with me through paddock it was really really amazing they will always shout out to me and check on me every day and still encourage me because at the time it got so hard and i i'm so i'm forever thankful for paddock experience i'm glad i met them and i'm glad to be part of that just finally uh why do you love murder sport i love motorsport sport um because it's, it's i feel that it's it pulls me out of my comfort zone it's not something that i grew up with I just uh, started, as I said, in 2011. It's not something like I started when I was young. So, um, and it became a hobby, which at some point became work. And I just like the synergy and it feels like a family when we are all together from all over the world. We don't know each other, but for this common cause, we work together and you learn so much from each other. And I've had amazing experiences. I've traveled the world as well through motorsports and, um, that that is something that you can't uh, take for granted and um the adrenaline of course because i've navigated at some point the adrenaline is amazing they say it's like a drug once you start it's uh, it's it's hard to get out of it but um most importantly i just love the camaraderie that comes with it and it feels like all of us we are just together for this one course 
I think that's very nice despite the race color. It's just an amazing experience. One boy, Keru, who was in Singapore as a marshal. Uh, thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. Thank you so much, Sean, and you're doing a brilliant job. We'll be back. All the four and two wheeled action. Motorsport 411. So, welcome back. Now, Formula One has become big business at sports bars around the country as fans congregate to watch races. Mbalu Macau is the founder and team principal of the Paddock Experience, and I asked him how the idea came about. Um, the Paddock Experience started about, I would say, 2010. Um, I've been an avid watcher of Formula One from as early as 2003. I think the first Grand Prix I watched was the Brazilian Grand Prix. 2003 it was chaotic i fell in love with the sport and all along as i kept on watching it i was watching it on dstv by the way and as i kept on watching it um there's this dstv presenter at that time his name is sash and he kept on repeating time after time i mean if you love the sport you need to go and watch it live so in 2010 i decided let me take a chance because the abu dhabi grand prix started in 2009 so I decided 2010, it's the nearest, I can go watch it. But as usual, you start planning when you're 50 Kenyans. By the time you want to go for the event, you're alone. So I called about, I called Yas Marina in about July of the same year. And I was told it was sold out. Typical Kenyan last minute planning. So as I watched the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix 2010, the one Alonso lost the championship, I felt, damn, I should have been there. And I promised myself, I mean, I'll go for the next one. Um, in 2011, I booked very early. I think it was in Feb or Jan. I booked, made my payment, and I was told you'll get your ticket sometime in September. So I totally forgot about it. And sometime in September, um, a courier comes to my office and tells me he has a package for me. And I look around and I say, sorry, I think you have the wrong office or the wrong can. Uh, I've not ordered anything. And he says, no, you've ordered something from Yas Marina. And I was like, oh, yes, my tickets. So I got the tickets and I had to do last minute planning because I'd totally forgotten about it, of where to stay and uh, booking flights via Emirates and went for the first race. And during that time, I think we we're using the... The, the cars that were on track were the v 8 I mean, yes, the v 8 the noisy v 8 So went for the first race, had a blast, and from then on, it's been every year except 2020 that I've been going to Yas Marina, I've been to Monza, I've been to the last Malaysian Grand Prix, and that was it. It was just a hobby that now turned into a business. Come 2020... COVID hits, we can't go anywhere, and we all sit in the house. And I'm now wondering, what can we do? So in 2021, by I think by about July, we decided we, uh, with a couple of friends, why don't we begin hosting F1 locally? Because every other pub or restaurant is hosting Premier League and football. All other sports are represented. And F1 seems like that group of people who you are relegated to the corner and you'll watch it without sound. And because guys are watching the Premier League and you guys will only see the picture and only be, and be listening to any other music that's playing. So 
that's how the dream started and um come 2021 we started hosting 2022 we decided to take it make it more bigger and uh it's turned into um i call it a movement now of fanatics who are so passionate about the sport and uh it's bigger than me now Yeah, it just seems uh, particularly this year that Formula 1 has really exploded in popularity here in Kenya. What's different about yours? Um I think I don't think there's anything different about me and what I do. I just think that we have a different kind of passion. Um we our main goal is to just one educate people about Formula 1 you end up finding that a lot of more a lot more people now are getting to know more about formula 1 because they watch drive to survive and if you look at what happened last year with uh, hamilton losing his championship you're finding that there's a lot of guys who are now vengeful and how can the fia do this so people want information at every event that we host about 50 or 60% of the crowd is new people who've never watched formula 1 like for example this year when we went to the summer house in karen we were hosting the race and we were expecting about 3 to 400 people we ended up having about 1400 people and uh, most of those guys were just showing up because they were they, they saw on social media that something is happening in Karen and we want to be part of it so you're finding that there's new F1 fans and there are also old F1 fans who are just tired of the usual thing of sitting in the house and just watching formula 1 because i can sit at home and i have my dstv connection and just watch the race but i want to watch the race with a passionate crowd and i also want to watch the race with people who want to take it further because the majority business in paddock experience is taking guys to watch the race live it's just that covid that slowed us down a bit and we started hosting it locally but come next year we look to take a couple of guys to baku to bahrain to monza to, and any other race that people are interested to go to now crucially and i see you've mentioned dstv uh, you got uh, the backing of dstv and some other big sponsors like monster uh, how did that come about um the meeting of uh, nancy of dstv was by chance um a friend of mine happened to go for the pres- the deputy presidential debate and when i saw that i asked him why don't you hook me up for the presidential debate which he did so when we went for the debate um i think it was the first president the first presidential debate of wajakoya and uh, maura and wajakoya showed up but didn't take part so we were then told that why don't you guys move forward and fill in the seats in front which we did so next thing i know there's this lady who comes and sits next to me she's looking for a seat sits next to me and sits down the debate is about to start and she introduces herself she says hi i'm nancy md of uh, multi choice and i burst out laughing and she asked me why are you laughing and i said well i'm the team principal part of experience and we just held an event at summer house and i removed my phone and i showed her some of the videos and one video was us setting up the big screen and there was a dstv commercial that came and i turned to her and asked her why aren't you not why are you not sponsoring us so she gives me her number she gives me the number of her marketing manager and we took it up from there uh monster one of our partners chris kirwa happens to know the team at monster and we've had several meetings with them so when we met at summer house for the singapore grand prix and uh they decided why don't we do something for nanyuki because we told them the next grand prix is the japanese grand prix and we're going to nanyuki so they said okay 
What we can do for Nanyuki is we can sponsor you with product, which they did, and our guys loved it. And they look forward to doing more sponsorships uh, with us. We are currently planning an Abu Dhabi Grand Prix because it's the next day race. The other three races are night races. So the next day race would be the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the end of the season. And we are planning to have something big with uh, all our sponsors. We also have other sponsors like Shell. We had at the beginning of the year Trace Radio that took a chance on us and many others that have come. Uh, but we look to make it bigger and better. Incredible. Uh, Mbalu, uh, how far do you see this going? Uh, what, what, what do you see as the future for the paddock experience? Um, I'd love us to have a Nairobi Grand Prix, or Nanyuki Grand Prix, or Machakos Grand Prix, whichever, whichever comes earlier. Uh, that would be the goal, that would be the dream. Can we get a Grand Prix in Africa? I mean, uh, we, were, we were very excited when we heard that SA was going to be in the calendar next year. And we were planning something towards that in terms of how can we ensure that um, we get Formula One noticed in Africa. But then when it fell apart and uh, I think the Belgian Grand Prix is still being renewed and South Africa is no longer coming, the issue is what else can we do as Kenyans and as Africans to ensure that people know that we we have a big formula one following here lewis hamilton came to was it pokot or samburu earlier this year and uh, a lot of people missed out everybody's asking i mean ken and others why didn't you guys tell us that this is happening and to be honest we didn't know he was coming until he was here so looking to the future i'd like us to part to see who we can partner with to get uh, past F1 drivers to come here and see that, listen, Kenya and Africa has a huge following. I'd like us to see that we can host a Formula One race here and not just for jokes, but for real and plan towards that happening. It's a big dream, a big goal, but um, I mean, we are ready for it. Yeah, uh, two things, of course. Uh, it looks like Formula One is going to South Africa in 2024. Uh, but I see, uh, apart from uh, Wambui uh, being in Singapore, uh, somebody else who was in Singapore, uh, Paul Kagame, uh, the president of uh, Rwanda, happened to be there as well. Uh, how significant was that? I think that was a major significant boost. I mean, if Paul Kagame was there, he must be looking to bring F1 to Rwanda. Um, could we beat him to the punch? Maybe. I don't know. But uh, talking about Wamboy, it was quite a big surprise that she, she was picked as one of the 24 women to take part in being an F1 marshal. And uh, I, I, when I called, I told her, listen, I'm both happy for you and jealous. Jealous because, I mean, you get to be on the track. I mean, these are things we watch on TV and you're wondering, wow, I mean, one day I wish I could do that, wave a yellow flag, red flag, and whatever. Uh, but I was surprised that how come nobody's making noise about this? This is the first Kenyan lady as a marshal in F1. And I kept on asking her, do people know how big this is for you and for the country? I mean, we should have met her in the, at the airport with traditional dancers and all that, but I guess maybe it will happen next time. But I was quite happy for her in, in terms of what she did for the country, 
We supported her as Paddock. She's one of our Paddock members who are very happy about what she did. And she came back with a lot of stories in terms of what the experience is all about. Uh, from your point of view, uh, just a personal question. Uh, who do you support? Ferrari, Tifosi <laughs> Damu. <laughs> See, but I have a clarification on that. I'm a Ferrari fan by blood. But I'm a Formula One fan, so I'm sure you've seen, I've been seen around in Mercedes attire, in Max Verstappen attire. I mean, in our Paddock Club, we have got all types of fans, including, as we call them, Haas fans. So, but deep down, I'm a Ferrari fan. A lot uh, being said about the FIA and the way they've handled things uh, from Abu Dhabi to uh, what, what's happening with the budget cap. Uh, just your thoughts on that? Uh, first of all, we were in Abu Dhabi, me and a friend of mine called Mose, and for 55 laps, we cheered on Lewis and we were hoping that Lewis will take his eighth. And then Michael Massey did his thing and we sat there in shock wondering what the hell has just happened. Uh, my thoughts on Abu Dhabi, um, Michael Massey made and the FIA made a big mistake, and uh, but that's the past. Michael Massey has left and they did what they did, and Lewis lost his eighth. Um, with what's happened with the budget cap, I mean, Ross Brown said it clearly in I think 2019 that if you breach the budget cap, you lose your championship. So I think the FIA need to do the right thing if people have breached the budget cap. It needs to be a points deduction and you need to lose the championship because if you're talking, you're talking about 5% of 144 million being minor. There's been a lot of talk in terms of what does minor mean? Because it could be a new rear wing, a new front wing, a new floor that could make you two tenths faster. I mean, it could, if you go back to last year, it could totally change the championship. And as F1 fans, we're just asking FIA, why can't you just be consistent in these rulings? They've been, I mean, last year's situation of only five cars could pass the safety car. Even the drivers themselves are wondering what's happening here. Why are you only putting five cars? The race should have ended under safety car, just like uh, sometime this year when one race ended under the safety car. But let's just hope FIA does the right thing. In, in, in my book, FIA needs to follow their own rules and not keep on having closed-door meetings because it favours one team or the other. All right. And just finally, uh, back to the Paddock experience. Uh, is there a subscription? Uh, do you have to pay uh, to be a member? And uh, also, uh, how do you follow it on social media? Um, currently, we we are a group. We, we just formed the group on WhatsApp earlier on this year. And uh, no, there's no subscription you pay. Wherever we go, you just come and enjoy your food and drink at whatever venue. We don't pay for any subscription. Uh, we are currently working on a club application for mobile phone where, we, where we'll be able to host all our members because currently we're limited by the WhatsApp limit, which is, I think, 512. Um, so once the WhatsApp group gets full, we then have uh, following on Instagram. So you can follow us on Instagram at the Paddock Experience and as well as on Twitter at the Paddock XP. But uh, hopefully by early next year, we should have our own mobile app where we shall be able to engage with our uh, members. 
Mbalu Macau, the team principal and founder of the Paddock Experience. Thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. Thank you very much, Son. We'll be back. Sports 411 with Sean Cardavillis. So that's it for the show this week. Our thanks once again to Wamboy Keru and Mbalu Macau. Our thanks as always to Big City Studio. I'm Sean Cardavillis. See you next week. Motorsports 411.